Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Prayer is known on a global scale. Most, most human beings pray. They all have their own different ways of prayer. They all have their own different gods or idols or things that they pray to. Um, but most people on this planet pray. If you were to ask um, 100 people downtown Kitchener, can I pray for you? The majority of people, I'm sure, would say yes. Or if you were to ask 100 people, do you pray? The majority of people, I'm sure, would say yes. And this morning, I want us to um, look at two parables in the Bible that are about prayer. And as a Sunday school student, you learn what a parable is. A parable is essentially uh, earthly simple story with a heavenly vision. And Jesus told numerous parables in the Bible. And I love Jesus preaching because it's simple stories that even kids can understand. I love preaching that even kids can understand. Sometimes preaching where it's all these definitions and meanings, I get lost and frustrated and I need to pause and open up my commentary and and all that has its time and place and purpose, absolutely. But I love parables, simple stories that teach me about Jesus. Amen? So we're going to learn about Jesus in some simple stories of two parables about prayer. Um, We find, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 18. We're going to stay there most of the morning. If you have it on your phone, flip it open. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 14. Luke 18, verse 1 through 8. This is the parable of the persistent widow. Verse 1, Luke 18. One day Jesus told his disciples a story or a parable to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God or cared about people. A widow of that city came to the judge repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God and I don't care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. This is the New Living Translation. This woman's driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. And then the Lord Jesus said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, God will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So there's this evil man, this judge. He doesn't love God and he doesn't care people. And it's mentioned twice in in these eight verses. He's a mean dude. 
He's not nice. And this woman needs justice. There's, there's, there's injustice in this woman's life. And so as a, as a human, you go to a judge. You go to the court to find justice. Oh, judge, give me justice. Here's my case. I present it before you. You see the injustice before you. And time after time, she was ignored because the judge did not care about her. And finally, this judge is like, this woman is driving me nuts. She's so persistent in coming to me to find justice and help. And he says, I'm not going to do this because I care about you or I love God or nothing, but you're driving me nuts. So here, here's your justice. And Jesus says, if that evil judge can grant some justice, how much more can God, our Heavenly Father, hear our cries and hear our prayers and give us justice and provision and to meet our needs and to answer our prayers? Aren't you glad that God's not like that judge who gets irritated by us constantly coming? Don't you know, don't we understand this morning that God loves when we come time after time after time. Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. God, I'm coming back to you over and over again. Don't you know that God does not get irritated by that? God loves that. The Bible says in James that God is a jealous God. He yearns for us jealously. He loves when we continually come to Him with requests and thanksgiving and prayers. Amen? He's not like this unjust, wicked judge. If an unrighteous man in the form of a judge can finally give justice and mercy, how much more can our Heavenly Father grant us our every single prayer? The Bible says in If anybody has a mint, I would gladly take one from your purse. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 through 15, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. Did you hear that? God says, if my people pray, if my people talk to me, I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sins. Lord, here I am. I've made a mistake. I failed you, Lord God. I confess my sins. He says time and time again, I will hear your prayer and I will forgive you of that sin. Instantly forgiven. Amen? I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears are attentive to their every prayer made in this place. God was talking about the temple. He was talking to Solomon regarding the temple in the Old Testament that my eyes and my ears will be attentive to the prayers made in this place. Aren't you glad that we don't need to go to a temple in order for God to hear our prayers? You don't need to come to church on Sunday or Wednesday for God to hear your prayers. You can pray while you're driving your car, on the bus, in the shower, anywhere that you can think of being, you can pray, you can talk to God, and He will hear from heaven. That's amazing. And He will answer your prayers in His faithfulness. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you. That is one of the greatest sentences in all of the Bible. God Almighty 
who put everything in place in the universe. He says, if you call to me, I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. You need direction, I'll give you direction. You need healing, I'll give you healing. You need guidance in your life, I'll give you guidance. You need me to comfort you, I'll comfort you. You need me, you call to me, I will answer you. That's the God we serve. Call to me and I will answer you. Any time of the day, no matter how you feel, even if it's not with your lips, but just from your heart, God hears them all. Every single time, every single prayer. Jesus said in Matthew 26, verse 41, he said this to his disciples. Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, preparing to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And the Bible says his heart was sorrowful. He was sweating drops of blood. He was saying, God, if there's any other way, but Lord, if there's not, then let your will be done in my life. This is where he is. And he's saying this to his disciples. He wanted them to sit there and watch with him and pray with him. And Jesus sees them twice, I believe it was, sleeping two or three times. He, he sees them not praying and not watching with him, but they're sleeping. And Jesus says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I say amen. How true is that sentence that Jesus said? How many times have I got myself up in the morning because I want to keep God first and I need him before I start my 10-hour workday at work and before I come home and try to have energy to listen to Cindy and help out with dinner if she'll let me and, and help the kids with homework and, and be the husband and be the father I need to be? How on earth can I do that well, every single day, if I don't have that time with the Lord. And so, how many times have I got up in the morning, and I'm sitting there, and my Bible's open, and my coffee doesn't seem strong enough, because my flesh is weak, and my eyes start to droop, and my head goes on my chest, and I start to snore, and I wake myself up, and I'm supposed to be praying. That's me. That's this guy here. That's the preacher this morning. How many times has that happened to me? How many times has this guy known I should probably get up early tomorrow to pray, but my alarm wakes me up and I snooze and I sleep in and I'm praying on my way to work driving? Just being real with you this morning. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. We need to, we need to understand how true that is. Don't ever try to serve Jesus in your own strength, in your own flesh, with your own energy. You will fail every single time. And it will, be just, it will be just works. It'll just be dead works. God wants us to serve Him in spirit and in truth. And if we fail and fall asleep or sleep in or whatever, God's not mad at you for that. Satan has tried to condemn me. You call yourself a pastor, a preacher. You slept in this morning. And I just got to say, well, the Bible says that He gives His beloved sleep. So there you are. I was being... I was being biblical either way, right? Don't let, the, don't let the enemy bring condemnation and heaviness over your minds because maybe you've, you know, lacked some time of prayer. Just say, Lord, I understand how weak my flesh is and let the Holy Spirit help you in that area because it's, it's very important. And I'm preaching this first and foremost to me. 
This message is first and foremost for me this morning because I know the importance of prayer. I know my need for intimate time with God. I know it and I long for it and I have it. But I also have this wretched flesh that just interferes. So I'm with you in that. Amen? But Jesus says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. That's an amazing truth because when we pray, we get... We get strong in our faith. The Lord gives us grace and His Holy Spirit ministers to us. And then when times of temptation come, we are, we are filled up with the power of God. Amen? And we can overcome because we've been close with Jesus in prayer. Prayer is not always easy. Prayer can be a sacrifice. Prayer isn't always enjoyable. The flesh will always have other things that it would rather be doing but our spirits long for prayer. Amen? And Jesus is teaching us here in verse 1 of Luke 18 that we should always pray and never give up. Don't ever give up your prayer life. Don't ever give up in that. If you, if you feel it's lacking, don't give up. If you feel it could be better, don't give up. Press on in your intimate prayer life with Jesus. Jesus said it, never give up. And it's funny, he says that in regards to prayer. So it's like he knows how easily we can give up times of prayer. And he says, don't give up. Keep going. The second parable in Luke chapter 18 is found in verse 9 through 14. And this is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. So let's read together verse 9. And then Jesus told this story to some who had, listen, great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Jesus is telling a story right now to some people who had great confidence in their own righteousness. God hates self-righteousness. He hates it when Christians come to a point where we feel that we are righteous enough. We feel that we are close to God enough. He hates that. Our righteousness is found only in Jesus Christ alone. The Bible says in Isaiah 64 verse 6 that our righteousness is as filthy rags. You think of filthy rags, dirty rags. That's our own righteousness in our own ability. The Bible says so. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says that there's nobody righteous, no, not one. What's he talking about? I thought we are the righteousness of Christ. We are, but it's only in Jesus and through Jesus and because of Jesus. It's not in and of ourselves. It never has been, it never can be, and nor will it ever be. Our righteousness is only found through Jesus Christ. And so he's telling this story to self-righteous people. And it says in verse 10 that two men, here's the story, two men go out to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. A Pharisee was a Jewish um, leader in the synagogue and they were all about following the law and the rules back in the Old Testament to a T. They They were made right with God by following the law. You know, hundreds of laws and keeping every single law and commandment of the Old Testament. They were Pharisees. And then there was this despised tax collector. And they are praying in the temple. 
the Pharisee stood up by himself and he prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. That's an awesome way to start your prayer, isn't it? (laughs) Good morning, Lord. I just want to thank you that I am just not like any other people. Boy, am I special, Lord. I'm sure the Lord's ears were completely open to that prayer right there. What a sentence to start. One Pharisee, excuse me, he said, wait, he stands up and he prays. I thank you, God. I'm not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. And he would point his bony finger over to the tax collector who was also praying in the church. I thank you that I'm not like sinners and especially that guy. You see, Lord, I fast two times a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. This is what he's saying to God. Look how holy I am. Look how good I am. Look at my church attendance. I never miss tithe. I never miss the offering plate. When it's there, I be sure to slap my envelope down. Look at church. Hey, boom, there it is. There's my tenth. This week, did everybody see me do that? I put it in the plate, right? Just want you to know I put it there. And I thank you that I'm not a sinner. What pride. What pride for anybody, let alone a a man of the law of God? This is a, a, a temple leader of the law of God, and he's saying, I thank you that I'm not a sinner. And he's telling God about all these righteous things that he has done and is doing. But the tax collector stood over at a distance and dared not even to lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow. I've never seen that before. I've never seen in a prayer meeting, you know, there's John Smith over there, so anguished by his sin, so humble that the majesty of God, that he's on the ground beating his chest. Picture it in your mind. He's beating his chest. Oh God, I'm not worthy. I've never seen that before. That would be an amazing sight to see. Beating his chest in fear and humility before holy God is what he was doing. And he says, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. So the Pharisee says, his first sentence is, I thank you that I'm not like these other people. And the tax collector's first sentence is, God, be merciful to me, I'm a sinner. And so Jesus says, I tell you that this sinner, not the Pharisee, Returned home justified before God. In other words, made right before God. He was seen as in right standing before God. Not the Pharisee who fasted and never missed tithe and stood while he prayed and declared his righteousness. He was not justified in the eyes of God. He was not But the sinful, despised tax collector 
who wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven in humility saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That man was found right in the eyes of God. How the world has this all twisted. How many churches and many denominations and many different faiths who are under the, even the Christian umbrella, they have this so wrong. They feel this need to, to just to follow and please God with some sort of legalistic law and rules and regulations like this Pharisee. This is happening today in modern day church. And those people, if the Pharisee is not made right with God, people today are not made right with God. They're going to church and it's in vain. They're worshiping with their lips in vain. And there's accounts where Jesus sees these, these righteous people, these religious leaders, and he says to them, these people, they worship me with their lips. They're singing all the songs on the screen, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus said that. Jesus referred to people who had this righteous appearance on the outward, but he says they're like whitewashed tombs. They look clean and pure on the outside, but on the inside, in their heart, they are, they are tombs. There's death. In, today in pre-service prayer, it was prayed of, of in, in the book of Samuel where it, the Scripture says that God, man looks on the outward appearance. Man sees the white paint. Man sees the singing and the worship with lips. Man, that's what man sees. But God doesn't see that, church. God goes deeper and He sees my heart. I understand that when I'm on the guitar, behind the microphone, when I'm preaching, when I'm on the drum, whatever I'm doing for Jesus, I, need, I understand that God doesn't see, He doesn't care how I sound. He doesn't care what I've worn. He doesn't care if I get all the notes right and if I get all the beat right and if my voice doesn't crack during preaching or none of that stuff. God is looking right into my heart. And He's saying, he's saying Matthew... What is your motive this morning for preaching? What are you trying to achieve here, Matt? Are you doing this to look good? Are you doing this to condemn someone specifically? What is your motive here, Matt? Because he knows my motive this morning. He knows your motives this morning. Why are you here this morning? What, why, why do you pray? Why do you worship? Is it in vain? Is it not in vain? God knows it. God knows it. Starting with me, starting with the leadership, starting with us. He knows. He knows our hearts. And oh, how great some church leaders look. They have the camera on them. They're, they're overseas. They're on the television. They're on the radio. Oh, how good they look. How eloquent they sound. But are their hearts towards God? What are their hearts like? God knows. God knows. But this sinful man who openly, humbly before Almighty God said, Lord, I'm not worthy to even lift my eyes. Be merciful to me. It's a special place to come in our lives, church, where, where our sin is before us. It's a hard place to be. It's a difficult place to be. To actually see our, our shortcomings and our flaws and our sin 
before us. But it's in that place where, where the healing can take place. It's in that place where the fear of God is installed. I know in my walk with Jesus that at times when the Lord deals with me personally, Matthew Noel, and he deals with me, and he's had to discipline me, as the Bible talks about in Hebrews, that God disciplines those whom he loves. Like a loving father must correct his children and discipline them in love because they've been led astray, they've done wrong. I'm doing this because I love you. And it's been in the times of my life when the Lord over the years has had to discipline me and correct me and humble me that he replaces that selfishness in me with fear of God. And when you come to a place of the fear of the Lord and you reverence Him so much and you know how much you've been hurting Him, you know how much you've been grieving Him because of selfish decisions or sinful ways, and you see that, when you see it, church, that's when freedom comes. That's when deliverance comes. That's when healing and, and, and freedom in Christ truly comes. It's true. And it's, and he lifts it from you. And then you feel that, that weight. You know what I'm talking about? That weight of that gone. And you feel like you can rest in Christ and you can enjoy being a Christian and enjoy your life once again. Amen. And just like this despised tax collector, he went home right before God. And he probably literally went home. And the Lord was ministering to him. And he probably left the church. I can see him lift his head up then and rejoicing. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life this morning in church. And as he's going home, the Pharisee's probably still standing there. Oh, Lord, look at, look at. Here I am. Oh, see, he's gone from church. I'm in church longer. Woo! True story. I bet you if the Holy Spirit continued to write this passage, that would be the next verse. And the Pharisee stood even, even taller and said, See, Lord, that man is going home already. Off to Swiss Chalet, but I'm in church still. Praise God. But what we learn here is humility in prayer. Amen? Prayer is not about having finesse. Prayer is not about being the loudest in the room so everybody can hear you. Prayer is not about praying out in the tongue that God gave you to look more righteous than your neighbor. Prayer is not only in the King James language. Prayer is not only if it's from the book of Psalms in the Bible. Prayer is not necessarily always with tears. It's not always in church. You don't have to go to a confession booth and tell it to, to a priest. And prayer is not when you finally have your life all together that you can finally now pray to God. None of those things. Amen? I'm glad for that this morning. Don't complicate prayer. 
Don't make it about you. Just keep it about Jesus. And maybe this week, just beat your chest a little bit. Right? Might be good for us. Ow, that hurt. (laughs) But Jesus, listen to what he said again. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. As we close shortly here, never feel like you are ever more righteous than anybody else. Never feel like your prayers are better than somebody else's prayer. Never feel like your prayers are never good enough. Your prayer, no matter if it's done in sincerity and faith, whether it's audible or from your heart, if it's done, listen, if you pray to God in childlike faith with a sincere heart, your prayer is beautiful. And your prayer is powerful. Those are the requirements. That's it. On Wednesday night here, we had prayer meeting. And we had two or three prayer requests, or excuse me, um, praise reports, prayer reports of answered prayer. And it encouraged everybody here, God really does answer our prayers. Amen? And we had... I'm not going to mention names, but you'll probably know. (laughs) But a lady was here and wanted to pray out in her own Spanish language, but felt she shouldn't because she didn't want to make things maybe awkward or that type of thing. But we said, no, pray. And so our dear Espanol sister, I don't know, (laughs) she prayed out. And it was beautiful. And you know what? I didn't have a clue what she was saying. I could, I could recognize Dios and Señor and Corazón, heart. But Jesus heard every word of that prayer and is going to answer that prayer. doesn't matter the language. doesn't matter, like I said, if it's off your lips or from your heart. If it's full of, faith, full of childlike faith and sincere, God hears it. And it's mighty in Christ. It's powerful. Amen? So... Let's stand. We're going to close. Would you please just play whatever you feel led to play? We're going to worship shortly here. But I want to close here with one last passage found in Matthew chapter 6. And this is the account of the, what is called the model prayer. And in Luke's account of this prayer, It starts by the disciples coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So if you're here this morning and you feel like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know if I've been a Christian long enough to pray. I don't know if I know all the right words to pray. If that's you this morning, the disciples said, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? And just a quick plug, that's my father's, Pastor Mike's radio program. Saturdays, 530, Faith FM, 94, 93.7. Teach us to pray. But the disciples come to him and say, Lord, teach, teach me how to pray. I, I want to know the proper way to pray. I think that's a really good question. I think that was really good of them to ask Jesus that. And so Jesus is going to answer them that. And we read here in Matthew 6, 5 through 13, Jesus says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites or the Pharisees, 
For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets. Why? So that they might be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Their reward is, wow, look at me. You wanted people to see you and be all impressed. Okay, there's a few people that might be impressed. There's your reward. That's all you're getting from me, says God, if that's how you're going to pray. But you, disciples, Freedom Life Church, Matthew Noel, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut the door, pray to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So he wants us, he wants us to, he's teaching them, he's teaching us how to pray. So when you pray, do it by yourself. Do it, it doesn't, and you can pray with other people, yes. But pray alone so nobody can see you. It's just you and Jesus. Whether it's your room, whether it's your car, like Pastor Mike, 4.30 at Tim Hortons parking lot in the dark. Get alone with Jesus so that you can pray to Jesus in secret. So you can be completely open and honest and not feel like anybody's going to look down on you because of the things that you're praying. You can be completely open. He already knows, so just let it out. And he says, if that's how you pray, your Father in heaven will reward you openly. And those answers to your prayer will be evident in your life openly. And everybody's going to see it. And they're going to say, look at the brother, that sister. I know they've been praying for years and years now. And look at, I see it. I can see their, their, their prayers being answered. And it'll be open, openly from the Father in heaven. And when you pray, he continues, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Like it's some magic formula or something. If I say the name Jesus loud enough or or long enough or numerous amount of times, I think it's going to enter my prayer into a new realm of power and glory. (laughs) Where's that in the Bible? The Bible calls that vain repetitions. Be childlike faith and sincere. That's it. Not in vain repetitions, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Therefore, don't be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you even ask Him. He's just waiting for you to ask Him. He already knows. He just just wants to hear it. So in this manner, Jesus says, pray, our Father in heaven. Boom. What a way to start our prayer. Not, I thank you that I'm better than all other people. It's my Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, if you are a child of God, if you are a Christian, you put your faith in Jesus for your salvation, not your works, but you are saved alone by grace and faith alone this morning. If that's you, then you can pray that way. This is for Christians. Unbelievers can't pray this, church. This is only for us. Because we've been adopted in as children of God. And so we can say to God Almighty, we can say, Dear Heavenly Father, maybe your earthly fathers have let you down and failed you and forsaken you this morning. Maybe that's your testimony. But listen, God is your heavenly Father. And Jesus says, you want to know how to pray? Your first sentence, let it be in honor of your Father in heaven. 
Dear Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Righteous is your name. I honor your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Just like Jesus prayed in the garden. Lord, let your will be done. I honor you. You're my Father. Let your will be done in my life. Not my will, Lord. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us today my daily bread. Provide my needs, Lord. I've lost my job. I'm losing hours at work. I'm struggling in my finances, Lord. I have a family that needs food on the table, Lord. I need provision. God, give me today my daily bread. And forgive me of my debts, Lord. I've sinned against you. I did that again. I failed again. Lord, I'm struggling with this sin. Forgive me of my debts, of my sin, as I forgive others who have sinned against me. And Lord, don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from evil. When temptation comes my way, Father, when Satan throws temptation after temptation and I feel I'm going to give in, Lord, I feel so weak in my flesh right now. I feel like I'm going to cave in and I'm going to succumb to this demonic temptation that's pulling out my flesh, Lord. He says, Lord, please deliver me from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's the way that Jesus taught us how to pray. Honor Him as your Father. Worship Him as your Father. And then tell Him what you need. Do you see that? What, how awesome is that? We have a green light from Jesus Christ that in prayer to God, He wants to hear what you need. He wants to know what you're needing and He wants to supply your need. And the Bible says, as we just read, that He already knows what you need before you even say it. But it's when you say it in faith that something is activated as if it seems to just move the hand of God. When we pray, the Bible says, I believe it's in James somewhere, that, that you have not. Why? Because you ask not. How many times, how many things have I not received? Why? Because I just not asked for it. I told my wife just yesterday that just earlier this week, I just felt like there's this thing that was weighing on my mind and it was a burden to me. And the Lord just said, why don't you just pray about it? Don't try to figure it out in your own ability. How, how easy it is for us just to feel like we got to work it out. No, no. Give it to God. Literally, just pray about it and, and let Him take care of it. And He will certainly do it. And then ask Him for your provisions. And He will answer those prayers. Amen? As we humbly bow our lives before Him. Because He's good. He's not mad at you. He is for you. Listen, God is actually for you. Yeah, but you don't know what... God is for you. No, 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 no. no I'm telling you, you don't know what I've done. God is for you. And where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. 
If we confess, He will cleanse us. If we call to Him, He will answer us. If we pray, He hears from heaven and He answers our prayers. So, I know how we need to end this service. I think praying would be a good way. It just seems right for some reason. So, if you want to if you want prayer this morning, those of you who are on the prayer team, if you can join me at the front. We have a prayer team here that wants to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Just kind of spread out here. But we, listen, we need prayer just as much as you might need prayer. Don't ever think that the prayer team is made up of of certain individuals who have arrived to a certain place. Don't ever feel that way. We, we love you. And we trust Jesus. So if you want any type of prayer this morning, you don't have to tell us what it is. You can tell us what it is. But we want to come into agreement with you as we pray. The microphone's going to be down. No one's going to hear. It's going to be very personal, very individual, personal time of prayer this morning. And we want to believe God together that He is going to answer your prayers. Maybe you just need to be encouraged as you go about your work week starting tomorrow to spend that time that's so needed alone with the Lord in prayer. Whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's an hour, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't, don't get into that trap where you feel if you don't do it a certain amount of time, you're not good enough. That's a lie from the enemy. Be real with God and shut the door and be alone with Him for a few minutes, for a few hours. But He's, he's there and He's longing for that with you. Starting with me. Starting with me. So as we sing, sing whatever you feel led. Would you come if you feel, if no one comes, we're going to drink some coffee and eat cookies, okay? We're not going to make this awkward. We're not going to prolong this. None of that's going to take place here this morning. We just want to be real and, and trust in Jesus together, amen? So as we sing, feel free to come. doesn't matter who you pick up here. Jesus is going to answer the same prayer. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.